0: I love the innovation within design, like I love when someone comes out with something crazy but um, I prefer more that we solved a problem that has been known for years.
1: That's Leve and Sharo, and this is the OnDesign Podcast. Welcome to the new episode of the On Design podcast. I'm your host, Justina Green. I'm an illustrator, and I've also spent the past 10 years in the design industry in various roles. On this podcast, every week we speak to the most exciting people in design right now. We learn what inspires them, how they work, and how they see the world. In today's episode, I speak to Leven Sharu, who's the interactive creative director at Patagonia, which is one of my favorite companies. And we start our conversation by discussing the design process and the role of tools, imagination, and storytelling within that design process. And you'll notice that we've jumped straight into conversation, and it happens actually quite often, where especially with the remote recordings, we're kind of we're connected with the guest. And we just get talking and then without knowing, I'm suddenly going, oh, right, I need to start recording because we're already in the flow. And this was very much one of those um, conversations. And in the chat, um, Levin also reflects on his time at Nike before he joined Patagonia, the company culture and some of the recent projects which are raising awareness of important environmental issues. And really, I think the big takeout from the conversation um, is about how through design work, you can make a difference. Um, so here it is for you to enjoy. I'm just pressed to start recording. So let's let's start with a funny story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it was, I remember when I had started working at Nike and prior to that, I had been working primarily in Photoshop and like <laughs> that was the work stream. And then on day one, they're like, so you know, sketch, right? And I didn't, but I kind of sheepishly said, yeah, I think I know it. Um, (laughs) So I used that first week, uh, every single night, just like recreating things and sketch just to get my hand on it as fast as I could. And honestly, kudos to those people that created those um, applications because it's super intuitive. And like within a week, I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is I can't do it the other way anymore so it's funny nice. how it's just like these situations just like forced survival situations force you into <laughs> figuring it out versus like going about it the right way which is like i'm going to you know progressively learn these tools and expand yeah. on it. But <laughs> now you're going to get thrown into the fire and <laughs> good luck <laughs>
1: Nice. So that's the that's what you've been and you've been working with it ever since. Is that the industry standard for Um, what you do?
0: It seems to be like moving that way. But it's funny. Like lately, we just had this conversation around. We're we're thinking about switching to Figma, which is more. It's like this cloud browser based tool. So the more I think the idea is, there's just more competition in that space for design. Um, specifically with development that shared tool for prototyping and building experiences it's always been like getting away from designing in these flat files and creating in more like layered spaces online so um, I think we're considering it so it's like here's another new tool <laughs> but yeah Sketch and everybody, yeah. everybody in the
1: office is like oh are we already doing that
0: <laughs> right like earlier this year, we adopted another tool for, you know, maintaining our, like, our actual files when we're updating. And it was like, all right, everybody learned that tool now. And it's just like this consistent, I've, I've realized or noticed over the years, like, the ramp up of just, you know, whether it's project management software, or tools to automate things has just like, increased tenfold, to the point that I get like, probably 20 emails a week about new things that I should try. Um, and honestly, for me, it's like the tools come and go, but it's a, it's essentially the same thing at the end of the day. You are you need to, you know, communicate an idea or a framework or, you know, a visual structure, um, whatever works is my attitude. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that could be a sketch on a piece of paper at times if you can communicate clearly enough. Um and you already have like a design system, for example. Um, so, but yeah, that's a whole other world.
1: Yeah, so then the tools are secondary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope so. Cause like, I've always had this fear, um, being a designer is that, you know, the fear of being obsolete. And it's like, the closer you move towards the tools, the closer you move towards being obsolete. I know that's a generalization, but, um, like, really carving out, like, what design is for you, like, realizing, okay, this is a tool, this isn't everything within design. Um, A lot of people jump into, like, the program to design versus, like, maybe I should start somewhere else with uh, my thinking. So, that's just been my way um, for the longest time.
1: Yeah, it might be as well that people jump into those programs kind of more at the start of um kind of their careers. when you know you don't know anything then you get into nike you do sketch and you're like oh yeah sketch is everything and then you know as you do what you do for a decade and longer that's when you know that they come and go
0: yeah you're like okay this is like i am gonna like i remember like there when i first started like i had to know how to like you know, manipulate images or touch up images or do whatever within Photoshop. So I like went super deep. And then I found, I'm like now at a point where I'm like, you know, I don't do that work anymore, but every once in a while, it's kind of fun to, you know, do it and just remember how to do it. Even though it isn't something that's as useful in practice, it's like, okay, there's another thing that I, you know, picked up along the way. Um, And the fundamentals are what's more important than the tool. It's like, okay, here's how to properly, you know, not in a way that's non-destructive, like modify an image, like just those kind of lessons, right? Uh,
1: yeah, and that's still technical. And I was wondering, um, we we could kind of um, kind of start your story here as well, talking about fundamentals. But what are your fundamentals in terms of storytelling? So we have the the tools as the second layers, layer. Yeah. And on top of that is actually the content you're working with.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, I can go back and in, in terms of, I've been thinking a lot about like, why did I go this way? <laughs> you know, tell like, me. What, 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 <laughs> this is therapy, what, right? Like, what, what, like, what is it? Because there are some components to it that are like super design oriented, and then there are others that are just like more. I feel like built into you know who I am and who who I am as a person versus who I am as a uh, quote unquote designer. Um mm-hmm. so really for me like growing up I was just a very shy kid. I was just very observational. I wasn't part of the conversation. I was just like observing the world um all the time, you know. And just like turning over stones is this term that I've learned this year that I think back on to like every every instance in my life is just like this like curiosity that leads to like a discovery or an experience. So and it's more I've had like less determination and more just like let's see how this feels is, has been you know the way uh, for me and so when I was going through school you know like in, in in ninth grade I almost failed art so I was really discouraged by my skills. was like why am I such a terrible artist like my brother was really good you know visual artist my dad is you know he can draw anything he can sketch anything up but I just, I didn't inherit that, but I felt more reliant on my imagination. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I I can't put down on paper what I'm thinking, but I'm thinking a lot, you know? Um, and I'm thinking more about, like, the feeling of the thing than the the visual of it. And so that's always been like, how do I translate that into a career? You know, once you start thinking about that, when you have those conversations with guidance counselors and you're in you're in high school I don't know if it was like that for you but you're like all right you know you've got your last year coming up you got to start applying to places and you you have to pick a lane or you know you can travel in Europe or you can you know do this or that and for me like that all sounded great but I just I don't you know I, I also had to survive like I don't come from a lot of money And Mm -hmm. I needed a career like I needed to I knew that I I had worked um, from when I was like 14 years old up until that point, just like random jobs as a kid, you know, like I I sold lemonade at a lemonade stand (laughs) during festivals, Mm -hmm. like just weird stuff that I knew that I wanted to do more in life than, you know, 10 bucks an hour. Um, in, like, a service industry or something like that. So there was just, like, a vague starting point of, like, do more. Um, do more with your imagination. But then the fear of, like, you know, you have to actually make money. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so I always thought I would I, – I, I honestly, at first, I thought I would be a teacher um, because in Canada, you know, it's, it's a stable income. My mom's a teacher. You get the summers off. It all just sounded like a great path. But then I just, I I really didn't feel the connection to creativity or my imagination. So from there, I was like, you know, I had seen my, my brother take a path into industrial design um, and mm-hmm. he's now an architect, but I just saw like, okay, like there are other forms and there are other mediums within design that are not as limited to like having it you know, making a work of art and selling it at a gallery or, you know, what have you, you know, there's photography, there's printmaking, there's all sorts of things. And I just, this is at a time when, you know, digital uh, quote unquote, like really wasn't a factor. Like this was like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not, not, not talked about, like we didn't have phones, you know, it was just like, this is life. Um, (laughs) A lot more normalcy around, just like clearer paths into what what a career could be versus now I think you know the economy of like being an individual and having like your your own thing is a lot more accessible and just uh, it, it's it's promoted a lot more um, which is a great thing but
1: and I guess kind of back in the day sorry to kind of like yeah cut in it's um Was it for you kind of as well that it was about a career that you should kind of have in mind? And the idea wasn't that that career will then change 10 times over just within even one genre because there'll be change. But it was more that, you know, you'll go into a career and that's that. (laughs) That's kind of where you will for the rest of your life.
0: Exactly. I was like, oh, put your eggs in one (laughs) basket. And then, and um, and so, yeah, I, I, I had just thought of I'll try this out and see how this goes and then that you know you realize quickly like life isn't you know options you you actually like latch on to things and then you carry through with them and then you're and then you, you learn about yourself you learn a lot through school but still school is just like giving you that key access into employment you know um for me Like, I I think school was interesting and going, like, learning the foundations of graphic design in that environment was super beneficial. But in the end, I felt as though, like, it was still very specific to the tools, you know. Um, There was still a lot of emphasis on um, a lot of the tool work. And what I liked more was the, like, I really loved the more of the communication side so Mm. um you know like i loved typesetting and i and i really enjoyed the like appreciating design and getting into the into the weeds and i still am that way but to me it's like it's a layer of the language of storytelling you know it's like you can use it to your benefit or you can pull it back and in school, there's always, like, I think you're always just, like, trying to put it forward, like, you're always trying to, like, either prove yourself, or prove, or build a portfolio that shows, like, this vastness of um, work, but, like, really, at that point, you don't have any experience (laughs) you know, you're, what I was doing was, um, you know, like, I looked at my work from school, and I was, like, you know, some of this I can use, and some of it's, a lot of it was, like, package design and branding, and um, so I, I wanted to do more in other areas, so I would just, like, reach out to friends, and um, I was, you know, I was a musician for a long time, and played in bands, and so that was sort of my, like, gateway into doing side work, and just, like, doing flyers, and doing, like, designs for shirts or merch or whatever the case might be just to like keep my love for it alive and still learn through the process of like getting my first job and, you know, figuring out where I, um, fit in in the, in the landscape of design. Like there's so many flavors, right? It's mm. just, it's just like, Oh, it's just like this vast landscape of, you know, you can be, um, very technical and you can and you can be an incredible illustrator and you can focus on that and i've seen people take their illustration and move into animation and then move into you know film work um or you know there are the more generalist people like myself that are like i don't know i just know that i need these things and then we'll mash it all together and then it'll come out the other end and then it'll work
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's so, about imagination so that hasn't changed at all
0: no not at all and I mean like it's what what um you know really my earliest part of my career was that foundational work of true graphic design like for the first two years I was working on in print so I was doing a lot of catalogs I was doing a lot of like publication design and you know print ads so I was doing, you know, like I was typesetting, I was kerning like large rungs of text for like articles and things like that. And, you know, like it's kind of like I equate it to gardening now. There are certain elements of work that are more, you know, therapeutic and just part of the process that are similar to gardening. So when I was doing a lot of like kerning or just minute design tasks, I would always just feel that sense of like, well, this is just that part of it, right? Um, there's more to it than the arranging and the visual side. So I just, I, it's not that I, I saw it as like a negative. I saw it as like a skill set to build on. And when, you know, you go through these moments of like, wow, is this what I'm, is this the, you know, your first, this, old, is, it. this is it, like, this is kind of, this is all the work and all the lessons. And and here I am just like moving letters closer to one another or (laughs) further from one another. um, There's something funny about that for a person like me that just uh, has like a bit of a panic around that. And then feels like, okay, uh, I've got to figure this out because I can't do this for the rest of my life. Um, And yeah, I think that really, that, gave me a foundation and an appreciation for honestly, like things that don't exist anymore um, to a degree. Like everything is, you know, not, not for lack of a progress, but you know, there's a lot of automation now in terms of things we do as designers that we don't even really consider, you know, Um, whether it's like the word, right. Um, Mm -hmm. It's important how you, lay that out it's important how you create hierarchy and if you just jump the gun on those foundational things into you know i like the way this looks and i like the way that this flows you're kind of missing like a lot of the built up you know psychology around you know the brain side and how communication works and how to pace things like that's how i built on it for myself was just like okay if there's more to it, then what is it? Uh, it's the arrangement of it. There there are things you can do with so little that I've seen with just like type on a white page that I consider, you know, beautiful design. Um, and at the same time an impactful story because they, that person had made design decisions that elevated the words or made context of the story. Um, and i think that's always been my sweet spot it's just like it's not just design it's not just words it's it's both it's a narr- it's a narrative side it's like an, and you know parlaying into what i do now it's like we just call it experience now um, user experience customer experience it's like it's kind of all those things there are so many layers um, to that and what design does or does not do that i that i've learned about over the past years that you know my whole point of view has shifted from you know what have i what have i been doing but what am i going to do for the next 10 years right mm-hmm. um, and
1: when was you want to continue
0: oh no that was that was my final point
1: <laughs> and um where what well, which kind of job or role or what was the moment um, when you first thought, okay, this is not the kind of the the, the getting the weeds out, you know, the non-fun part. Yeah. This is where my imagination steps in. This is what I've been looking for.
0: Yeah, I. Um, good question. I feel like there was a point when I've had a, a lot of really interesting mentors um in my life like just haphazardly by working at smaller more boutique agencies where you know they were involved in the work like they were either creatives or designers that built out their own shops you know so they were passionate about um whether it was you know the emotional side of marketing or they were passionate about you know grow like growth of an organization or growth of a company in like a digital space. So I, I, I worked, um, early on, um, with an agency that when I started, it was four, there were four of us. (laughs) So I wouldn't even call it an agency. We just had like a couple of clients and, um, (laughs) we were working, but what we were doing was like, it was at the time when like really digital marketing and being, innovative in that medium which i can go back to later um (laughs) it was was fairly new like the for example and for context it's like it was the time when there was a lot of like micro sites and experiences that were like based on you know facebook like marketing or the early days of like promotion and awkward advertising in those platforms, so...
1: (laughs) I like that, awkward advertising. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay,
0: like I guess we're going to do billboards now on screens. Um, That sort of makes sense, but anyway, (laughs) it's it's more like feeding into, like, okay, we're updating the ad system, but I worked for um, an agency that sort of, like, tried to challenge that more and prided itself on using like that, those mediums for growth and those mediums for, you know, exposure and elevating like these really small brands or small organizations. And because it was just such a new territory, it was almost felt like we were just collectively like hacking the system, you know, Um, and being like innovative, whether we were using like, you know, interactivity on in places that it wasn't supposed to be like an ad platform um not really like to me now in hindsight it's like yeah that stuff was not not fun or not great but it gave me uh you know a lot of um it opened up my world to just like the cause and effect of design you know like measurable design and impact to where you're able to see this like feedback of like okay, this, this worked, or this didn't work, or there was positive feedback or there was negative feedback. And, and that to me, like spoke volumes to that side of my brain. That was like, okay, how do you engage, you know, with people on these levels? Like, how do you know if this is meaningful to them? How do how do you know that this is something they're going to understand? Like, I love that stuff. I wasn't loving the what's the layout of the thing, Um, because it was like the layout of the thing is whatever. Like we have to figure out what is the conversation that we're trying to establish um, in a creative way. And so I think from there was like opportunities to, you know, quote unquote, hack the system of digital marketing in a time when it wasn't that crowded of a space. And then it got really crowded and now everybody at a certain time and even now like digital marketing and in the way that, you know, we've, we've really integrated advertising into all places is just like, it's, um, I'm, I'm saying it in like a matter of fact way. I'm not saying that, that it's a good thing. (laughs) It -hmm. just, it just is a thing, right? It is a new medium. Um, and Fortunately or unfortunately, it really was the, you know, the tipping point for me to be like, there are layers to design that I haven't explored um, that I would like to dig into more Um, that were more like the blend of design meeting, you know, storyboarding and narrative and um, results and being able to look at look at an effort and really learn from it, really tap back into that observational curiosity side from you know that that thing that's in me that I just like have never been able to let go that feeds the beast of work, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how, how do we make this better? How could this be, you know, how can we tweak this in a way that Actually creates change, you know um, So yeah,
1: and very interestingly you have there the, the human element as well because yes, you're getting data back, but Suddenly it's you and quite a lot of people on the other end
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that's Interesting because you know at the time the tools to be able to measure that you're you know really it's like an analysis of, of numbers and you're connecting dots. And that's a whole, you know, that's that's a whole realm of work now. You know, user research and it's, I wouldn't say it's a new realm of work, but it's just more in practice across organizations now in a very meaningful way within like the center of the business um, is like, we talk less about what it looks like and you talk more about what the outcome is or what the hope is, right? Like, what is the goal? Um, The goal is for people to uh, understand X, Y, and Z, and we want them to feel A, B, and C, and here's how we're going to measure that, and here are the tools we have to gauge that and come out with some quantifiable, um, you know, metric. Uh, Those tools now are there, and it's so Creepy slash, great to be, able to, <laughs> to be able to, you know, like do research and survey people and watch people's, you know, behaviors. It's um, it's like the ultimate sort of, you know, environment for taking. You know, there's always this point that I, that there's always a balance with you know, taking in too much input and iterating and optimizing to a point of, you know, degradation and to not innovating. And there's the point of learning enough to create something new or different. And that's why, like, I found myself within certain, you know, projects or certain, you know, um, working environments where optimization in that whole like using the tools and using the data to streamline it or make it better it's like again I see that as yeah that's one part of it right there's also what what can we build on like what don't we know and how can this lead into other areas that we could begin to scratch at versus just focusing on a singular thing and narrowing it down and narrowing it down and narrowing it down um that to me is like a version of design again that's is has its place but isn't the be all and end all
1: Mm. and I guess then comes also with the knowledge that you have and the data you have comes responsibility and also place for ethics kind of to what extent you take it and what you do with it as well
0: exactly um you know it's I know you know Working at a place like Nike, there's, I would speak to, there's this integrity of digital products, right? There's this, there's an importance in the exploration of design and, you know, being a leader requires that a lot of thought and time and space is put into, you know, like having, having something to work towards. That is the, you know, the utopia. What I found that um, what didn't really jive with me was, you know, there's innovation within the design space, but really if you take a step back, it's still, and this isn't a knock, it's just everything that you're working towards is still feeding towards like a capitalist framework. You know, you're like, how do we get people to buy more stuff? How do we get people who like this stuff to, engage in this category of products? Um, there's innovation, but then there's like, what are you doing with the with your own personal side of it? Um,
1: yeah, that was my other question where, you know, because uh, essentially working for, for companies, there's always a commercial gain at the end that you want to complete, lead the users towards. So can you tell me more about your, kind of where you and your, work your creative output but about also your personal beliefs. Kind of where they meeting or what was their relationship with like at Nike. And then what made you join Patagonia?
0: I think um for me like it was just like it's I I see um brands as specific brands as as true leaders or innovators in spaces that like, I can be a bystander and respect. Like I didn't grow up with Nike. I was a kid that um, skateboarded and saw Nike as like the anti um, <laughs> and, like, very corporate, but then, you know, all of a sudden Nike skateboarding was a thing and Nike started to um, do things that were interesting in, in spaces that I was interested in. Like there was a lot of like, cross-section into the arts and supporting you know designers at a level that was like whoa this is a massive company collaborating with like artists and things like that that's interesting for someone like me that's like well that never existed Um, but I you know I'm from Canada and I work in the U.S. I live in the U.S. I'm in California now and I think there are things that I picked up just even subconsciously and just the system, like a more of a social system where, you know, you're not striving for more. You're not really striving for um, having everything that everyone has. I know that exists to a degree, but it's like you can choose to partake or not. And I feel like a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of the bigger corporations, it's like, sure there's a mandate to be more um environmentally friendly like that that's that's definitely a good thing like it's great when h&m is considering their supply chain it's it's great but i still think we for me it's like what am i feeding my life's work into you know like what am i am i really like are the nike's and h&m's really working towards things that i actually care about Um, I love the innovation within design. Like I love when someone comes out with something crazy, but um, I prefer more that we solved a problem that has been known for years. (laughs) (laughs) Or we, or we at least bring that problem to the surface. Um, And, and really like, we don't just continue the narrative of like, keep buying from us, keep buying from us, keep buying from us because we're innovative, because we um, work with artists, because we hire the best of the best. Like um, there's, you know, there's a side of like, for me, I go back to that. Like, what am I putting my effort into and what, and and does this feel right? And it's not that it felt wrong there. It just didn't feel, um, it wasn't Patagonia um
1: (laughs) Uh, that's really interesting
0: (laughs) being surrounded by the most talented people um is incredible but um you know for me it's being surrounded by people that have can help educate me and help connect me into like like i said like before scratching the surface of something else like I'm not gonna push further into innovation, you know, in in design innovation. I wanna push further into being like a conduit for causes and issues um, through the lens of design. Like what can design do, whether it be a digital medium through, you know, a print piece or whatever, how can that actually create momentum to, you know, help people you know h- help the world <laughs> not just um create more economy you know um, or create more you know market flow <clears throat> so
1: when did that um kind of you know uh, what was the moment of you joining patagonia were you looking to join them was there kind of some luck involved or kind of how did that come about and what were your like your first year there? What was it like?
0: Yeah, that's a uh, great question. Um, so I didn't grow up with any exposure to the brand, but when I um, early on, I I I read a book by Bruce Mal. Like he's a he's like a design brain luminary and. I think there was like some reading recommendation for the book "Let My People Go Surfing." Go
1: surfing, yeah. uh, Have you read it? I'm going through it now. Actually, I got it um, a month ago or so, Um, and I just started to read it. Yeah.
0: I think it's you know um, anyone that I work with and anyone that's familiar with it. I think for me, it's essential reading. It's um, it. I wish I'd found it earlier in my career because it's like it speaks to all the things that are, you know, important to me, Um, where I was talking about, like, there's design, and there's the realm of design, there's innovation. But, you know, it's speaking to the perspective of design as, or, you know, the, the idea of minimalism, and the idea of not having anything that is unnecessary, like, paring it down, and keeping it to the functional needs. And, Um, a lot of, like, consideration and reconsidering your impact and reconsidering um, materials, just, it opened my mind of, like, this is kind of what my imagination has been. Like, there's got to be a better way to do this. It's sort of the the tinkering side that also connected to, you know, this is going to sound super simplistic, but the outdoors, you know, like, there's, there, there's nothing, you know, more important or, you know, um, worthy than in my mind, like not overdeveloping and, and taking for granted these spaces or taking for granted people, um, that Mm -hmm. make, that make clothing or are part of the overall, um, ecosystem right like the end-to-end consideration of what i believe you know yvonne chernard is about and in my readings of the book like i've read it probably four times because i just have to revisit it every once in a while um it's just like being mindful it's being considerate it's having um attaching you know a purpose to things. And, um, you know, knowing that you can take, uh, an idea to fruition through, you you know, like bringing people along by educating them and aware and bringing like awareness to topics. And I think I've learned more in the past few years than my entire life, you know, (laughs) about, um important issues that are not as prevalent because you know the the role of a brand in in the space that i work in is like to sell goods or to sell a lifestyle um it's not very popular to be political or to raise issues when people are like the news exists right um but there's, al- there's always like a narrow field of information that people get. So,
1: oh, of course. Yeah.
0: And I found that, you know, I, I, this idea of, you know, progress can happen at a community level. Progress can happen by initiating a river cleanup and progress can happen by educating people on the importance of, you know, river systems and and our ecosystem all the way from animals to humans to the environment, like, it is just, there's so much that, you know, we're ignorant about (laughs) that, um, to me, is like, I go back to, well, I have to survive, I have to have a job. So I have to work for a company. Um, I... I have no other company in my mind that you know when I was considering like where am I putting my time and my effort, when I learned that this is a real thing that Patagonia mm. is a real um, you know actual company i my mind was kind of blown um, and um, the funniest thing for me, like the way I would sum it up is like my first year was going from this world of like, you know, super high tech, you know, uber design oriented studios and, and environments. And, you know, it's like the concrete and glass and um, super considered lighting and all these, you know, all the touch points of like a mi- what we would think is like a minimalist like, design space. Walking Mm -hmm. in Patagonia and walking into my, like, team's workspace, it was full, it was, like, wood, and there were plants everywhere, and people had bumper stickers all over their desks. And, you know, like, people were different. Like, everyone was more, um, there were more, you know, individuals um, that came from different perspectives and places that were just, like, not no ego, you know, um, and in that shift for me was like, okay, this is this is where I feel comfortable. <laughs> like nice, yeah, like you know, you're. I love the design world of concrete and glass and minimalism and you know being super like making these like decisions that are from the design point of view. Um, crisp and impressive among our peers. But that's like, to me, it's like, that's just doing it for the sake of doing that versus like coming into a warm and inviting place where you feel as though like, okay, we're working towards something here. We're not just working on our, on our egos. <laughs> yeah. And
1: here the tools are completely secondary, if not even farther down the line. Right?
0: Yeah. Like I think one of my, you know, my favorite stories around the time of joining patagonia was when i was interviewing and i had gone through a few rounds of interviews and and the last one was just a, a a lunch meeting and um with you know one of my team members now who is he's been with the company and he's very wise like just has a way of just being observant and and, ha- and having good advice and also just really funny and you know for me it was like we didn't talk about work we we sat and we just talked about music we talked about you know i, I can't even remember now it was just sort of just like a good hearty conversation and i realized at that point like i hadn't had one of those in my environment for a while right in, in, mm-hmm. in my circle and it was like all right, like. Real people, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like it's not to compare, make comparison to you know working environment like Apple or like Nike. It's just there are similarities and there are differences, and they just they just are. It's just more a matter of like, where do you think you're comfortable being? You know doing the best work you can do with the people you like to hang out with you know
1: yeah it's just what you needed right the on the individual level
0: exactly.
1: this is exactly what you needed and what you wanted yeah so, so to get <laughs> so i just want to really um get more of an idea of your work in patagonia um and i was wondering if you could tell me about blue heart um the blue heart project um, I haven't watched the film yet, but I've viewed, interacted with the story that it's kind of like you said, kind of when you first joined, I had no idea about the issue, um, and I, I loved using it and kind of going through it and learning, and I love the, even just, you know, from the creative side, the, the maps and the photographs, it's really powerful. So could you tell us more about that?
0: Yeah, this is like a really, this is probably to date the most um, enriching project for me on a lot of levels. Um, you know, it's funny, like in, in previous envir- working environments, you usually get like a budget and you get a, you know, everything is figured out and then you just like execute, right? you, you We're going to do this um, and we're going to do this campaign and we're going to launch it and here are the dates and... You know, everything goes like clockwork. Um, That isn't typically the case with projects um, or initiatives at Patagonia. So um, that just means there's more intent and more, um, I would say, like a thorough perspective on considering what we're going to say and do um, to elevate an issue, right? So in this case, Really, it was. There was a film, um, and it's a beautiful film. You should definitely watch it. Everyone should watch it. It's it's a really great story, um, and it's beautifully shot. But there's a film that we create to, you know, the best way to really engage with people. You know, like we all we we like stories. We really love to watch stories, and and you know to connect issues is through story. Like you can go about it by you know, providing like data analysis and stats and figures, and that's part of it, but there's the emotional side of like connecting and having some form of, you know, context. So when we look at a project like Blue Heart, ultimately there's a goal, you know, Um, there's an issue of, you know, funded projects of dams being built in the Balkan region, that are you know more or less illegal, and illegally funded and corrupt, um, in you know areas that should be protected, where countries that make money off of other people's land—it's it's it's a whole topic. So there's a film, there's an actual side of it that we have a challenge to raise awareness on this and also put pressure on. You know whether it would be the european bank um or any you know parliamentary figures or (laughs) whoever needs the you know the pressure put on to you know do something about this and to call into question why this is happening and it's really like providing a bit more of a voice to people that don't have as much connection to the outside world as you know companies like patagonia or Other organizations that are tapped into the actual, um, you know, legislation that builds this or makes these decisions or, um, you know, impacts their lives. So for a project like that, it's like being able to partner with the, you know, the issue of hydropower and what that does to ecosystems. So breaking down the story of like why this affects people and why this affects their livelihood and how it affects the ecosystem and the animals. And, you know, it is tapping into that side of information sharing, um, but it's tying it back to a narrative and through visuals and through this film and through photography, it's it's really um bringing to light like this beautiful place is being you know really like ravaged for no good reason other than money um and so the goal of it is just creating this experience that you have to be able to sum up the issue and sum up the efforts into a which quick- must
1: have been so hard
0: <laughs> yeah like clear cl- clear it up um For, you know, it's not something that impacts us over here, right? Like, dams impact us, but not in the way that a a community that thrives off of a river system or lives in, you know, an area that doesn't have access to things that we have that we take for granted. Like, imagine someone came along and just built a house in front of your house, you know? Um, You just don't have that. You don't have the rights, so, you know, Patagonia and other, you know, partners with these organizations to really like bring to light. And I see my role as like, okay, w- you know, what is the story in a way that there's a time when people will be able to watch this film, there's a time when they won't be able to, but there's still a topic and there's still an, there's still an end result and an action. And so there's a really big collaboration between a lot of people. Um, so there's the you know the environmental impact side. There was the film side, and then there was also just the overall like interactive experience side. So um, it was a it was a fun project, and um, you know it's a good example of more of the things that we can do that have place in communicating in digital, where the end result can actually impact. Like you know, the lives of a community for good. Um, I was trying to look up some of the results. I'll share them with you after, but they actually made some change um, around, and I believe they've halted a number of the projects in the region as well. And it's just like I, my family. So my my mom's side of the family is from Albania, which is where this film takes place. Part of it takes place um, is in Macedonia and Albania, and it's just like, I know, I have family who who had left there and emigrated to Canada. And it's just interesting, um, all the parallels of just, you know, people's experience and what impacts them and how it impacts them is so different than you and I, for example. Mm-hmm. But when I come back to like, what is my purpose? It's like, Blue Heart is a good example of You know i didn't come up with the story i'm not the filmmaker i'm not the environmental um steward i am just there to try and uh cohesively communicate um you know this is what's happening and this is what you can do about it and here's why that's important Um, that to me is the ultimate like trifecta of (laughs) How design can impact things right you're using uh different mediums to affect change um and change can be like someone watches something and they adopt a new viewpoint or they start to research something on their own you know we we can apply that to ourselves like um you know recently i i this past year i've been going down the path of learning about meditation Ah, nice. Tell me
1: more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's and that to me is like there's a lot. There are a lot of parallels of like, you know, you can really like actually, you know, learn something new and learn new ways of doing it um, that don't like disrupt whole systems. You know, Um, so anyway. I want to come back to something else, so, uh, so I sort of <laughs> talked about meditation for two hours because it's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, because we're um, we're slowly wrapping up, but I think really what came out so naturally for me was, you know, how you were just telling me you know, about um, looking that you were looking at uh, data about um, some of the dam projects being paused or halted, mm-hmm. and you said it's still data, but it's data of things happening in the real world that are really important. And yeah. it takes us back to the start of the conversation when you were also looking at data, but the data were numbers and the clicks and probably purchases. Yeah, And it's such a lovely parallel kind of, you know, how it, that, that, that the process has evolved and you're still getting data, but on such different level.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes, it also harkens back to, you know, some of us in the world are people pleasers (laughs) and and we, we really rely on feedback, you know, um, humans need feedback. Uh, how am I doing? Is this working? Is this good? Is this bad? Um, and seeking that out among your, you know, your boss or your whoever is one thing, but applying it to like, Hey, here's this challenge of, this is a, this is a, this is like a real world problem. Um, How do we collectively solve it with our disciplines Um, versus how do we just like help more people buy stuff? Um, That becomes to your point, the, the, like the data is really in, you know, how do we measure success? Right. Like, Mm. is it, um, two areas of my job are like, you know, there's, there, there always is a metric for, um, keeping the lights on, you know? Um, and, and the business side of things is like, that's just, that's the world we're in, you know, we need to survive and make money, but there is, what are you doing with that, um, pool of money and pool of effort? And, and that to me is what, you know, really the the parallels for me of like what patagonia does and initiates across the board by doing programs like action works um which is like our skilled volunteering program Mm -hmm. um it's like putting actual tools in place for people not coming out with a um an annual report where we, you know, were made a charitable contribution towards these organizations, and then we felt okay about it. Um, a lot of companies are using, like, carbon credits now as, like, a way forward, but that just offsets, you know? That just makes you pay for being gluttonous. Um, I think... I
1: was reading recently an article, sorry to cut in, I was reading an article about... Um... You know, plant, if the company that you're buying from, if it plants a tree, what does it really mean? You know, does it matter at all? Um,
0: it, you know, there's, <clears throat> I, there's, there are two sides of it. And, and, and it's like, yeah, but a tree was planted. But it's like, but why can't we just plant a tree? <laughs> <laughs> why do we have to buy something? You know, like, why, why do we have to, co- like, I would, you know, I know we're wrapping up, but like, I would implore people to be more, um, like reflective of where things come from, you know, um, where, what, um, you know, what went into things. Like for me, like I, I've been a, uh, a consumer on like in the worst degree, um, when I was younger and I, I like unnecessarily and I think we all do Um, but I think it's like you know the considerations in my mind and the space that I'm in now are like how do you just um, continue like uh, do more with less right like you like what you like Mm -hmm. Um, you prolong like keep those things you know around as long as possible because you like them um, so you want to make sure they're made well uh, um, but then you think about the other side of like but who made it like who was, was the person who made this like did they do it for like pennies an hour like um, why <clears throat> why do I benefit from the system when others suffer right um, mm-hmm. why are organizations still feeding into that when you know we could do other things to Um, put more of a dent in that system (laughs) and flip it on its head a little bit more Um, things like you know making and at least in my uh, industry it's like making it more accessible for people you know there there's like a cost factor to things that is within the design realm that making things more you know environment environmentally sound or less impactful also costs more but then there's innovation in how to make that happen you know by you know the the work that the products team do by minimizing patterns you know there's a lot of intricate work that goes towards feeding the idea and feeding the momentum of um, having less of an impact yeah.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant words and I feel like we could just start in another podcast episode <laughs> right now. <laughs> because there is you know we've kind of we've gone from, from the micro and from your experience to really talking about the, the most important things now and, <laughs> and and also kind of um like wrapping head around them because I think it's um you know it's easy to get lost in the offsets, for example. Um it's easy to get lost in what's essential or what's needed. Um and I think like from my perspective, I also always want to keep um a positive mindset around that. Um which can be very hard as you once you kind of start scratching the surface. Um so we'll be wrapping up for now, but you're very welcome to come back again. And <laughs> we have you know whether well, new campaigns and New um, stuff from Patagonia that we can talk about, and we can also then uh, chat about meditation.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I mean, there's, there's, you know, meditation came in as a form of a way to um, manage like a whole new working environment. And you know, I know, I, I'm not sure how much you've been impacted by the whole COVID aspect of things, but you know, it is a new, it is learning a whole new skill set to be able to. Mm like come to work every day and <laughs> and still have like you're saying a positive attitude and keep keep things going because I think for the world there's a lot of uncertainty right now and that cascades into our working environments and into you know what we're doing as individuals there's a lot of like well am I going to live here now or am I going to live there because I don't need to be in an office anymore and people are making these big decisions and i find myself wanting to just root myself and really feel like mm-hmm. you know this is this isn't going away and make the most of it um while it's here uh, cuz it's it just is you know
1: yeah i was getting uh lost a lot in uncertainty and in plans or things maybe that i had planned before mm-hmm. um and none of it could happen. And I was, I think I was coming to the point, it kind of peaked and it was around moving hands as well. And I got kind of quite stressed about it. And then I've been meditating, I think, for maybe two years, kind of regularly, but not daily. And then something happened and I just thought, yeah, I'm just going to do yoga daily now and just take one day at a time and see what happens and enjoy everything that I can. You know that's
0: that's um, that's so good in my life, and that helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, anything, right? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I bought a. I had um, got a ukulele. Talking about being consumer, but I got a ukulele so that I can start. I don't know, m- making some music, making positive sounds.
0: Good. <laughs> Just yeah, like start there. You know, uh, <laughs> you you. you <laughs> It's the sitting on the hands and waiting for things to go back to normal is dangerous, I think. Um, And it's like when I, when it first started, when, when lockdown started here in California, like I was outside in my backyard building my bed frame and I was like, (laughs) I'm going to learn, you know, to hone in on my woodworking skills because now I have less commute and more time to sort of like, ping pong on my personal projects in my off time because I have nowhere to go
1: <laughs> mm.
0: yeah and I yeah. can you
1: boulder now
0: uh yeah there are places to go but I haven't gone I'm just
1: I've
0: been, I've been lazy
1: <laughs>
0: I've been <laughs> surfing more
1: nice yeah. nice I think yeah anything I've been running a lot anything that's takes me outside of the house is good. Yeah. <laughs> that's allowed. Anything that's allowed takes me out of the house is good. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, even we're wrapping up officially.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, it was really nice talking to you.
1: It was amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your, you know, all your thoughts on design uh, from the kind of the functional perspective. But most importantly, everything that design can stand for, that it can help with, Um, what they can communicate, and also the ways in which you work and you've evolved and you've grown within the roles you've had, because I think it's been really, really, really inspiring. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm sure Leven will be coming back to On Design and I'm so grateful for his time on the show, sharing his journey and also in a very thoughtful way, unpacking the concept of finding your purpose and contributing to something bigger than ourselves. Because I find that sometimes it can be really overwhelming and especially, I don't know if it's fashionable now to really talk about finding your purpose, but in a way that it's a hard thing or that we need to come up with it Um rather than simply, it's already within us and it's something that's just so natural um, that all we need to do is look within rather than look outside and f- to find it. Um, and I think um, if you've been struggling with like the idea of finding your purpose, um, I would say just don't worry and keep doing what you love. Um, and I, I truly believe that the purpose will come out from that. And personally that's what I'm trying to do as well so just apply myself do the things that I love and I know that eventually they will line up so that I can help others with those as well um rather than being a magical trick or a book to read to kind of find the purpose or kind of make it from something that's not in your life um at all right now um so that's just my thoughts on purpose you're welcome (laughs) Um and yeah, so if you've enjoyed this conversation, you know what would be really awesome if right now you just went into your podcast app on your phone and write it on design. It really helps other people find it and rating it takes about two seconds. And if you're like a mega fan, then you can also leave a review, which can be one or two sentences. And that's just really, really brilliant because it also when people look for a new podcast to listen to, it tells them what we are all about here. Um and that's it for now. And I really look forward to having you here next week. Um, there are no more breaks up until I think July when I will be having a short summer break on the pods so that I can prepare more autumn content for you. So we're here, we're in it together and every week we'll be getting inspired and learning from some amazing, amazing people in design. Um, so have a good week and come back in next week. (laughs) Bye for now.